Principal Matters Podcast, episode 336. Hi, friends. This is Will Parker, host of Principal Matters, the school leaders podcast where each week we bring you inspiring, innovative, and imaginative ideas for your own school leadership. This week, we're talking about lessons in influencing change with my special guest, Pete Dunlap. Pete Dunlap lives in beautiful Dayton, Ohio. His 15 years in education include being a junior high teacher, principal CEO of Catholic Central School in Springfield, Ohio, and high school assistant principal at Lehman Catholic School in Sydney, Ohio. And he was an assistant principal when he began developing his ideas for better ways to publish learning materials. He retired from school admin to start Better Learning Education, a publishing company based in Dayton, Ohio. And for the past three years, BLE's workbooks have been used by thousands of students across the country. Pete splits his time as head of research and development and director of school accounts for better learning education. Pete describes himself as a family man and an education nerd. Pete Dunlap, welcome to Principal Matters Podcast. I always like to ask my guests to fill in the gaps in that intro and tell listeners something else they may be surprised to know about you. Uh, well, Will, obviously, uh, we work together to write that because you have to be from Dayton, Ohio to call it beautiful Dayton, Ohio. We, <laughs> those of us here, we love it. And uh, we do call it beautiful Dayton, Ohio. And I'm I'm old enough to remember when uh, nerd was a, was a bad word, but it's been reclaimed. And I am an education nerd. Um, I just love the the science the combination of science and art that kind of goes into education i've always been passionate about that and so i do geek over uh learning more about the research and and hearing and watching um you know especially young teachers and what they bring as far as the artistic side uh, uh to to the classroom and so uh, yeah, I am an education nerd. I, I'm proud to call myself that. Well, I have to admit, I thought about calling this episode "Lessons from an Education Nerd" with Pete Dunlap, <laughs> but then I thought, well, let me let me it, it put that in Pete's intro since that's a shared term that we both love. Um, I do have to say to Principal Matters listeners too, a couple of things that you and I talked about off the air. First of all, both of us are wrestling with something. I my voice is really scratchy today and I've been kind of feeling a little crummy and so have you Pete and so thank you for jumping in even in the middle of of wrestling with whatever crud's going around this time of the year but I met you through your work with better learning education specifically your summer pops math workbooks which listeners may have noticed that you are the first sponsor of this of this podcast so thank you Pete for reaching out and and connecting but before we talk about that current work, which I can't wait to to talk about what you're doing right now, I also want to talk a little bit about the context of your education experience. You know, a lot of Principal Matters listeners are aspiring and current leaders. So can you tell us a little bit more about your education history as a former leader in education and as a former principal? I'm just curious, what are some of the lessons that you've learned in your work that may benefit leaders that are still serving today? Well, my career journey, it, it, it went in that chronological order that you read. I was a junior high school teacher and then a principal CEO of a pre-K through 12. Now, that's a whole half hour story in itself. Um, and then I, I backed up and became an assistant principal. And that was all just tremendous work. All along the way, I, I, what I love about your podcast is the mentorship that I was able to receive and give and I think that for I think that's a great lesson for not to forget about our roles as mentors. 
um, and to seek mentorship, no matter where we are professionally. Um, I never like being the smartest person in the room because I, you know, I always want to learn something. I always want to pick something up from somebody else. So not just the mentorship, but I think it's important for, for principals, aspiring principals to remember the relationships and to build on that. It can be such a solitary job. And, 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 and as principals, we can just sort of find ourselves locked in the office or, or just alone. It's, it's, it's lonely at the top. And, and maybe it's one of those days everybody's just coming after you and, and who knows what's going on. So building those relationships with fellow principals, um, I, that's what I love about your podcast. Well, why, mm -hmm. why I started sort of listening to your, it's just that idea of from all across the country, thousands of principals, just being able to kind of listen and, and be on the same wavelength. So just sort of that, I really want to pass that along. I'd want to keep that idea of mentorship and relationships and positive relationships amongst ourselves, um, whether you're a retired principal or a current principal, just to be able to, you know, give back to the industry, um, for especially for retired principals. I mean, I can remember my own career, um, retired superintendents and principals reaching out and, and me reaching out to them and, and getting advice. And, and so I just want to kind of I would love to be able to add that to the conversation, you know, of, of across the country. Let's all work together. You know, let's, let's remember what we're trying to do. Well, I love that. And I love it that you recognize that, um, you know, isolation is the enemy of excellence. And I love this quote mm -hmm. from John Maxwell, where he says, you know, the smartest person in the room is the room. And so <laughs> I, and it's just so true. Let me just give you a second to, to give a shout out. Who's been someone in your past education experience who was able to pour into you and, and model for you and help you in that journey? Uh, two people kind of, I mean, there's a bunch of them. Um, I mean, when I was a teacher, uh, I had a, I had a principal, Mike Keery, who was just fantastic. And when he, he was encouraging me to get into leadership, encouraging me to become a principal. And as a small school, he would throw everything at me and say, do you want to do this? And I would say, yeah, do you want to take over discipline? Yeah, I'll do this. Here's this project. Okay, I'll do that. And it's, and it's you know, both as a principal, it's a great way to get things off your, off your table, but also it, it helped give me experience and learn. Um, and then from, I was with the Archdiocese Cincinnati, the superintendent there at the time, Dr. Jim Rigg, who's just an all-star. Um, he, he took time as a superintendent to talk to me as a teacher at that time to encourage me to go into leadership. And just, you know, as the teacher, when the superintendent's talking to you, wow, that, that, that really uh, uh, sparked it. And then my final job was in, as an assistant principal in a high school, uh, I got, the reason I picked that job was I got to work with Denise Stauffer, who was just around here, an all-star principal, just one, just one of the all-time best. And to be able to learn from her uh, is, is the reason I took that job. 90% uh, of the reason I took that job was, was a chance. Cause I want at, I was at a point I wanted to learn more. I wanted to learn more about high school principalship. And so the chance to learn from one of the best uh, in Denise Stauffer was, was just amazing. Well, what I love about that, Pete is man, so many great takeaways there. So let me, you know, me, I like to pause and just think out loud, yeah. but you know, so first of all, just the, the wisdom of your first principal, Mike Keery and, recognizing the potential in you and then asking you to help step in. And, and I think it was a previous guest on the, on the podcast. And I'm trying to remember who it was that said to me that um, one of the things that inspired him was that same thing was someone reaching out and asking him to step in. And so sometimes I think we, we don't recognize the power of when 
we look around our schools, the potential that other people have to help shape the leadership and the outcomes of what's happening. So, so many times we want to own those outcomes. And a lot of times when I'm coaching principals and they're really wrestling with the challenge and what to do next, I'll ask them that question, well, who can help you do this? And suddenly the light comes on. They realize, oh, I don't have to do it by myself. There are other people that can help me do it too. I also loved it when you give the shout outs to, to Jim and Denise that um, like it or not, a lot of times the most important decisions we make in transitions in our work is with whom we get to work. Mm -hmm. It's just the truth. And so when you talk to educators, especially teachers who are transitioning, a lot of them don't just choose schools based on the demographics or the students or the community, they also choose it on the leader. And so leadership does matter. And so the way we treat people will determine often whether they want to stay or leave. Um, and the places we want to work are often determined by the leadership that that we're encountering too. Think, I mean, how much impact do we have as school leaders when we're doing interviews? And the impact of whether that's going to become a yes, I want to work for you or no, I'm going to go work for another school. Is that impression? That, 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 you know, when you're hiring teachers and I, and I found that so much, it says, I mean, just as much as offering a bottle of water and just making sure everyone, everyone in the school community understands that, you know, when, when new teachers or experienced teachers are coming in for interviews, you know, we want this person to say yes, you know, so everyone kind of put, the, put their best foot forward because it is people that's, we work with people. It's all about people. So here's a question that I receive a lot from from Principal Matters listeners, which is how do I know when I need to transition? And you've had, you know, 15 years of experience in education before you started your company. And we're going to talk about your company in just a moment. But that's a lot of time that you invested with students and communities and building schools and assisting leadership. So can you share some lessons from your own journey that have helped you know when it's time to make a move in your education career? Moving up, so from teacher to principal, that just I think that just comes naturally within a lot of us. It's just, I want to do more. I want to do more. Um, teaching, classroom teaching is, and I taught junior high, absolutely the funnest job on the planet. It just is. I mean, it's just so much fun. But then intrinsically, what, you know, after a couple of years in the classroom, it just, it can get repetitive, get kind of boring. And, and I want to take on sort of bigger projects and more projects and, and have a bigger influence. And so that's sort of, leads into, okay, now I want to run a school. I want to have a, a bigger influence on, on, on what's going on. Um, and then for my transition, one of the biggest transitions that I had to make was when I went from CEO to assistant principal. And that was a job I loved every minute of it. From, from the minute I pulled into the parking lot to the minute at late at night that I'm leaving. And it was just one of the, you know, CEO and you, you, it doesn't stop. I loved absolutely every minute that I was there. But realistically speaking, when I got home, I wasn't myself. I was miserable. Weekends, holidays. If I wasn't at the building, I was worried about it. I was stressed out about it. Now we had a lot of challenges we had to solve. It wasn't, it wasn't a, a picture perfect situation. And it's a true story. When, when my oldest daughter was six or seven, she looked at me one day and, and, and we were in the kitchen, our favorite room in the house where that her and I would spend. And, and she says, daddy, you don't smile anymore. Mm. I mean, talk, I mean, a knife in the heart, you know, and I had to evaluate, what am I doing? What's important to me? And it was because 
I was young and, and, and doing this job and, and running, have had a school pre-K through 12. And, and I had so much wonderful people working for, working with me and supporting me. But when I got home, I couldn't mentally, handle, I didn't have the, the capacity to handle it emotionally, mentally. Mm -hmm. And so for me, that transition was one of the most important transitions I had to make in my life because for my own health, for my own well-being, for my own family, you know, because like I said, I'm a family man. It's important to me. And my youngest daughter was born on Thanksgiving when I was doing that job uh, as a CEO. She's born on Thanksgiving Day, which was grateful because I didn't, that meant I didn't have to miss a day of work because I could come back that Monday. Mm -hmm. And and I mean, my wife's home with a brand new baby. I want to be home with a brand new baby, you know, but I couldn't, I couldn't. And so that being able to, that transition, I thought was really important in my life. Just that being able to say, well, go from CEO to assistant principal. You know, what is that? How's that affect my resume? How does this affect me personally? Didn't matter. At the end of the day, what's important to my family? What's important to my mental health? And so that part was, was that transition was, was really important to me. Then the transition that I, my current transition from school leader to, to business leader, um, that was just something that, you know, I, maybe we talk about that, you know, because I know time's kind of going, but when you're looking to start a business, it doesn't, it has nothing to do with you. It has to do with filling a need. And so for years, I saw a need in, in publishing that I wanted to fill. And one of my roles as assistant principal was dealing with uh, purchasing. I would deal with the publishers. I would deal with, you know, if, if the science lab needed new coats, I was the, I was the person I went to go get the coats. If we need new books, new textbooks, new workbooks. And it was through that experience, the years of doing that through purchasing that I realized the needs that I fill with, with our current publishing company. And so that was that transition, which was obviously a better transition, a more exciting transition, but uh, that was just, I saw a need and I wanted to fill it. And so that's, that's, that was that one. Well, I can't wait to talk about that as well, Pete, but let me stay here for just a moment mm -hmm. because I, there are some, there's somebody listening right now and you're asking yourself that question. Am I where I'm supposed to be or is transition something? And Pete, there's, I, I've had several episodes where I've talked about transitions and education and principal matters listeners. If you want to go back to episode uh, 319, um, and episode 320, Jen Schwanke and I did two episodes on tips for seeking new education positions. And I've had other guests on too recently on this topic of transition, because this is a question that comes to me so often, Pete. So I, I want to sit here for just a little bit longer mm -hmm. and focus on some things that you said. First of all, I love it that you were able to recognize the things that you loved about your work, but the ways, the, the areas of your life where you still saw need, especially the balance between family and work too. And I've told this story in previous episodes, but, uh, or maybe one other episode, but I'm going to tell it again. But I had a friend who was leading a very large high school, very successful in his career. This was the position he had always wanted. Mm. Um, but then he ran into the same dilemma you did, uh, which was, I feel like I have less time now with my daughter, my family than I did before. And so there was an opening at a junior high for an AP position, almost exactly like your story. And he, he applied for it to everyone's surprise. He was going to leave this principal position, a large high school for an AP position at a smaller middle school. And when I asked him about it, he said the same thing you did. He said, I need more time with my family. And I recognize that even though this might be a step down in position and even step down in salary, it's going to provide me more opportunity. Here's what he didn't know, Pete, until he took the position, he went to his doctor for his annual physical and was diagnosed with cancer. 
Wow. And so for the next six and eight weeks, he was going through treatments and in his new position. But here's what he realized his new position, the people that were so supportive and the school expectations were not quite as heavy as they were at the other place. He had the space for that treatment and was able to still stay connected with his job. And now he's cancer free. He's in this, he's in a new position. And guess what happened just a couple of years ago? His principal at that school retired and he stepped into that position. And so who who would have known all, you know, if I, you know, this was a five or six year journey for him, but he made that decision based on what are my values and what can I do that matches those values with both my work and with my family, which reminds me so much of what you just said too. So anything you want to add to that before I jump into your current work? No, and that's, I think it's hard for, I think it's hard for a lot of professionals in, in, in what we do to not focus on title mm -hmm. and instead focus on impact. Mm. I'm writing that down. Focus on impact, not on title. We'll make t-shirts. Well, yeah, that's going to go in a t-shirt. Friends, I want to take a quick break here to ask you a question. Did you know that leaders learn better together? When we isolate ourselves from the input and inside of others, then we work within the limitations of our own ideas and experience. And that's why I'm so grateful that you're listening to this podcast right now. It's also why I want to keep you informed of upcoming episodes, as well as leadership academies, mastermind offerings, or executive coaching opportunities I'm making available to leaders like you. Go to williamdparker.com and check out the services link to learn more or visit my website and select the subscribe button to be on the weekly principal matters mailing list thank you so much for learning together now let's jump back into the rest of today's episode support for principal matters comes from peer driven pd did you know that 86% of educators agree that we need more full-time classroom teachers leading professional development? Of course, there's one big problem. Teachers are often too busy teaching their students to lead PD. Well, peer-driven PD finds some of the best teachers in the country, films them sharing their tips and techniques that really work in real classrooms, and they use this content in online courses that your teachers can access from anywhere at any time. Visit peerdrivenpd.com to check it out. I've gotten to know Mike, the founder of Peer Driven PD. He's actually been on the podcast. Check out episode 328. I've had access to his content and it's the real deal. So if you want your teachers to love their PD and to learn strategies that are tested and proven by their peers in real classrooms, visit Peer Driven PD to request a quote today. Be sure to let them know that Principal Matters sent you and Mike will include a package of complimentary resources specifically for admins. That's peerdrivenpd.com. So let's talk about better learning education. I am so intrigued by the stories of educators who see problems that need to be solved and turn them into resources like you've done. So what's the better learning education story and how has it enhanced your ability to serve so many schools? So like I said, you know, when I was doing purchasing and I was involved dealing with, uh, you know, finding textbooks, finding workbooks, finding materials for schools. I started seeing needs for a couple of things. Um, working with small schools, uh, I always worked with sort of small schools, differentiation inside the classroom is key to success. 
So when you have a larger school, you can have different classrooms and different teachers teaching different levels uh, of where you're meeting the kids and the skill sets. But for smaller schools, a lot of that differentiation has to be done within the classroom. So I started looking for materials that were differentiated. So if, you, if you're printing a math textbook or a science textbook or social studies textbook, can I get one that's maybe a little bit easier on the reading end? Can I get one that's maybe a little bit more challenging, still all covering the same curriculum, still all, and, and I can but just pass these out, pass these different levels of books out to the kids. And I started searching for that, couldn't find it. I started openly talking with the publishing company saying, do you make this? And they would just laugh at me and say, no, we don't make that. That's ridiculous. Okay. <laughs> so after years, literally years of, of trying to find that, I just kind of had it in my head. Okay. Could, is that, why can't it be done? So I, just as a hobby, I was still working at just as a hobby in my spare time, I just started looking into, okay, what would it actually take to create this? And what I've learned, what I learned along that way was that while the publishing and the printing company, print publishers are telling me, no, you can't do this. It's, it's unfeasible. Well, the advancements in the printing technology have actually advanced so much in the past 10 years that yes, you can, they just don't want to do it. So I was like, okay, that's interesting. So then I just, again, as a hobby, start building a, a business model of, okay, how much does it cost to do this? Is this a feasible thing? And as that sort of a hobby, just a fun thing for me to say, okay, no one, no one says they can make it. Can I make it? I realized a couple other needs in the industry. One was a need for, and this sounds silly, but a good, a need for customer service. Mm -hmm. Um, as principals, we're kind of used to customer service and we kind of expect good customer service. We give good customer service, um, especially I work in, I come from parochial schools. So our success only comes if we have students. So having good, you know, relationships with our family is important. And I would have publishing companies, quote, you're too small for us to deal with. I want to give them money, Will. I'm trying to give you, <laughs> take my money. I have kids need your books. You're too small for us to worry about. And I would just be put on hold for months and, and trying to, I want to serve my kids. So just that lack of respect, that last lack of customer service that I saw, I felt, man, there's a need there. And then our first product that, that we sort of designed and put together with the Summer Pops was the third need, which was um, math retention. I am a firm believer in reten return, retaining knowledge over the summer and specifically in math and English. English is pretty easy. You know, here's some books. <laughs> pick and pick the books that you like and, and, and make sure you're reading over the summer. Math has typically been done where you, you see the teachers, they go through all, they put hours into creating dittos and worksheets, and then they're at the printer printing out the stuff. And that, that works. That's great. But Imagine everything in one, everything across every grade that it looks the same. And the other thing that with the teacher creative materials, while it's good for their students, they, they can't actually add the help tips. They can't add the how to. And so taking those three needs, you know, differentiated learning, uh, need for customer service, especially for our smaller schools, and the need for summer math retention um, took about two years to create summer pops and like we talked we were talking earlier you know um as leaders you surround yourself with good people and that's how i developed summer pops now I, I started the company i didn't build summer pops i found really smart math educators <laughs> and in, in some instances we all got in the same room and said here's what here's the vision 
We want a summer math workbook that is that we can offer differentiated. I want I want three different books. I want an easy level book. I want a challenging level book. We want a book that can just fit everybody. And we want students to be able to use it over the summer. Looking at that vision, blank slate, how does that look? And working with math educators, working with curriculum directors, working with, I just found as many smart people as I could. And over the years, okay, how does that look? How do we build that? How do we, how do, we do that? Um, we also, it actually originated with a, a, a program. I, I worked with some uh, computer tech guys to build a, a, a build your own workbook system that I thought was gonna be really popular. Nobody likes it, but it's actually brilliant technology where you can go in and actually build your own workbook, differentiating amongst each category. So maybe your kids did good in fractions, but bad in geometry. So you can actually alter the skill levels. And, and just, so we took everything that everybody said, this would be great, and then put that on, on the paper. And it was a long process, but, but we're now on our fourth edition. Um, and like I said, we're thousands of kids every year use summer pops and that makes me happy. And we're in schools all across the country. And the other thing that makes me happy is schools that I've, it's a lot of work. As you know, as a principal, I was a principal too. I've got a lot of bad karma coming my way for salespeople. So it's a, you know, we've all been in bad moods when the, when the, when the vendor calls. Um, so it's hard to get initiated into schools, but all that hard work pays off because every year, over 95% of the schools that order summer pops come back for another year. Wow. That tells me that something's working and that makes me happy um, that the schools are happy. So that's sort of um, how better learning got started. It was a long process filling needs and that's where we are now. I love that story, Pete. I'm sitting here right now in my office. And of course this is uh, the audio is what our principal matters listeners are are enjoying. But if they could see me, I'm holding up, I'm holding up my copies of your grade six summer pop math workbooks, and I'm holding three of them. And they're they're beautiful, they're colorful, uh, they've got hilarious cartoons on the front, and but there there's three of them because you have your base edition, your challenge edition, and your classic edition, and so this is the the coolest thing is hearing your story is everything that you just said, you recognized as a need that kids need differentiation in the way they learn that schools need great customer service, that students need summer retention. You were able to pull all of those ideas together with others and you made it, you made it happen. And so these are wonderful uh, resources for school leaders and in principal manager listeners, you're going to hear summer pop, math workbooks included as a sponsor part of this show because I asked Pete to see these books and and my wife who was a former math teacher and I sat down and looked through them together and we were sold these are th these this is great content what what um what can leaders expect to find engaging from your content Pete I know you it's really close to you because you've man you've put so much heart and soul into this but um what, what would they find if, if they get a hold of this content that's engaging for themselves or their students? And then how can they receive um, their own free workbook if they want to reach out and for, to you to review it for themselves? Well, looking at it from a school leader, what I, again, I approach this as a former school leader. So when I build this, when I, everything I do is I remember sitting in that seat. I remember sitting in that chair and, and what would I want out of this, out of, out of these products? 
So the neat thing with the differentiation, the neat thing is sort of looking at the schools that I work with now, a lot of schools, they start with, we just want the summer math workbook. Give us this, the classic edition all across the board. And that works. That's great. We have some schools, they look at their overall, we're a little bit behind, give us the base edition all across the board. That works. After a year, some schools, now they want to sort of mess around with the differentiation. Okay, we've got, I want to get the challenging for these kids. I propose it to look at this. Imagine a 20, 30 minute math department meeting. Okay, you get the books, you give all your math teachers, you got elementary school, middle school, you, you throw all the books in front of them, provide some snacks, and you tell them, bring your class list, go through the class list and assign a number for every student. So Sally's getting a three, Timmy's getting a two, Billy needs a one. Um, that does two things. One, you have all of your math teachers in, in the same room at the same time, talking about differentiation, looking at the progress students are making, and it also provides data. So now you actually have a data set. Here's my class list. Here's where these students were that we saw. And you can now follow both individually. Okay, where, where, where's Timmy doing year after year? Okay, he was at a two, 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 three. Hey, jumped up, three, what's going on here? And then in that environment, on the concept with actual differentiated materials in front of them, the teachers can then start a conversation. What are you doing in your classroom for differentiation? Not just about my books, but what are you doing? How do you differentiate fractions? How are you differentiating geometry? And then grade to grade, having these conversations on differentiation within the classroom, learning from each other. And when you, whenever you have teachers in the same room learning from each other, I mean, as, the, as a principal, you can just step back and you know, just enjoy the show because, because edu the kids are going to get smarter after that meeting. So that concept of, of sort of what I like about it is it's built to be simple because I like simple. Sometimes just set it and forget it is great. Just give me simple. But then with that, with the, la with the layers that are added to it, you can get as much out of it as you, as you put into it. Mm. How can leaders receive, if they want to get in, by the way, that's, that was some very great free PD advice from Pete on how to pull teachers together and get them talking about not only the the tiers of learning that their students are encountering, but also like targeting. Okay, you know that they are on different levels. How are you going to target their learning now? Mm -hmm. And especially if you have the content sitting here ready for level one, level two, level three. So if I'm a leader and I'm listening, I know you do grades, I think two through seven mm -hmm. um, for summer pops math workbooks. How could I get a hold of uh, a copy of the workbook if I want to review it? The best way to, the best thing for school leaders is if they're interested is just to check, start with our website mm -hmm. and that's summerpopsworkbooks.com. So that very slowly, it's all three words, summerpopsworkbooks.com. Um, start there and there's right on the homepage, there's a place for schools. And if you want to just, there's a button you can push and we'll send you out a, a free um, sample workbook. But there's also a lot to explore there. And we're very proud of the work that we've done on that website. Um, there's a, a, a pedagogy page where it shows the research that goes into it, our assessment. I mean, education nerd will. So you give, you give me a website, I'm gonna, we're gonna get, we're gonna, we're gonna get, we're gonna get uh, some details out there. All kinds, way more details than are needed for, for a workbook, but it's there. If you want the information, it's there. You can explore everything that, that the workbooks do. You can preview the workbooks. And then, yeah, there's a simple button you push, request a sample workbook. And if you work for a school, it's a valid school address. We'll send you free books, as many as you need uh, to make an informed decision. 
All right. Well, Principal Matters listeners, right now, whatever you're doing, either make a note or stop and go to summerpopsworkbooks.com and get your free sample from Pete. So you can review it with your math teachers, with your admin teams. Pete, as we wrap up, I just want to say thank you for your friendship and for your legacy and leadership and for the way you've taken all of that experience and poured it into these amazing resources. And we're just talking about, we're just talking the tip of the iceberg of the resources you guys have available Mm -hmm. through um, better learning education. But as we wrap up, I, I wanted to ask you any parting words of advice for leaders that are listening today and how can they stay connected with you and your work? Well, like, I think we, we, touched on a couple of great things today, Will, from, from school leadership. One is, you know, who can help you do this? When you run a school, you have a building filled with intelligent, hardworking people. So you never have to solve a problem alone. And in all my years as principal, I never tried to solve a problem alone. Why would I do that? Give me the smart people in the room. Let's all get together and let's solve this together. And that's going to get the best solution. Um, Second of all, like we were talking about with PD, I mean, we, we should have another one. We could talk a half hour about professional development and, and what makes a good faculty meeting. You have to give your teachers something to do. So, so you know, always find something for your teachers to do and, and don't waste anyone's, no one wants their time wasted. So if, if you're having a department meeting, give them something to do, will you? Um, so contacting me, my email is pete at betterlearningeducation.com. I'm on LinkedIn. I don't really... I check it every now and then, but it, but you can't communicate uh, Peter Dunlap uh, on the LinkedIn as well, but Pete at betterlearningeducation.com is my email. If anybody's got any questions or wants just advice or talk. Well, Pete Dunlap, thank you for lessons in ways to influence change, or I think I should have titled this one lessons from an education nerd, my <laughs> friend, Pete Dunlap at better learning education. Thank you so much, Pete, for um, your lessons in leadership, for giving your time to speak to Principal Matters listeners. In Principal Matters listeners, I want to thank you for listening, and I want to say thanks for doing what matters. We'll talk to you again soon. Thank you, Will. Support for Principal Matters comes from Summer Pops Math Workbooks. For my listeners serving grades two through seven, here's a message from our friend Pete over at Summer Pops Math Workbooks. Demand is high this year. And if you want to order Summer Pops for your students, you need to place your order soon. If you've not contacted Summer Pops, you should do it this week. Principal Matters listeners can work with Pete directly. His email is pete at betterlearningeducation.com or visit their website, summerpopsworkbooks.com to learn more. Summer Pops are designed for your students to practice math over the summer. Engaging, easy to use, and content rich. I've had the privilege to review these workbooks and they are excellent resources. Thank you to Pete for being a guest on episode 336 and sharing the story of how Summer Pops were designed specifically for helping students like yours retain and grow their math skills over the summer. Summer is almost here, so visit summerpopsworkbooks.com today. You can find free resources like this one at my website at williamdparker.com. Check out the services link on williamdparker.com to learn more about leadership academies, mastermind offerings, and executive coaching. If you're planning professional development for the year ahead, or you're looking for keynote presentations from any of my books, please email me at will at williamdparker.com. Thank you for learning together today. And thanks again for doing what matters.